0: Sean Lynn in the pub for a dram with friends where we talk about faith family food and fun pull up a chair and I'll pour you a drink welcome to the pub uh, for episode 90 we are excited to welcome father Mike Bombeck a Ukrainian Catholic priest Gonna share his story as we sit back and enjoy a dram. I can come over here and start pouring. Perfect. Uh, the Belvini Doublewood—that's your favorite, is it? That is. You know, a, a dram's only. A, quarter of an ounce but or an eighth of an ounce but uh, i never get that little in a glass so <laughs> That's good That's good <laughs> <laughs> and there's always more if you want it too Wonderful. Thank you. well thank you for coming and this is awesome uh i'll get the mic a little closer so i'm good. and then uh oh yeah it is quite a bit wider there you go all right perfect we're looking good uh so yeah, welcome to A Dram with Friends. Uh, it's pretty basic. We talk about faith, family, food, and fun, which I think you can cover all those.
1: Beautiful. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So, all right, so who is Father Bombek? I am a Ukrainian
1: Catholic priest uh, of the Upper Key of Edmonton. So we have um, we're our own particular church, I suppose, is the way you'd kind of uh, uh, explain it. Uh, an Eastern Catholic. So I'm, I'm part of a church that was an Orthodox church historically that came into communion with Rome uh, in 1596. So I'm a, I'm a, a married Ukrainian Catholic pastor here in Calgary at St. Stephen's uh, Ukrainian Catholic Parish and I've been a priest for uh, coming up on eight years in January.
0: Oh, wow. Well, uh, welcome. and Thank you. Uh, so... Is is the beard part of the? The
1: beard is part of it. We usually have like a preference for bearded clerics. Oh, really? Okay, good. It goes. So, yeah.
0: I wasn't allowed to uh, grow a beard for thirty three years of my. (laughs) Well, if you include the six years on the rigs, because you can't have a beard when you're drilling for sour gas and all that. So, so here's here's uh, welcome to the the pub and. I hope you, Thank you... Well, you've had this, so well, had I know it. you'll enjoy it. I'm
1: looking forward to it. Mm.
0: If I recall, is that a, is that a Highland, or is mm. that a... I'll well, have I forget to... Like it's so. not saying right on the front there. Ah. I don't think it's an Islay. No, no. You definitely know it if... Yeah. <laughs> if it was, because traditionally... It, but it doesn't taste like a space side either. No. The first.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder.
0: I'll yeah. have to do a little more research there now. We go. <laughs> awesome. We'll have to make some notes. So, how did you discern? Have you were you raised Ukrainian Catholic or?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So I was I was raised Ukrainian Catholic, uh, so I'm a cradle a cradle Ukrainian Catholic. But, um, there was a time where I actually kind of fell away from my faith and then I came back and uh, most of the most of the people I know that that you know have a sort of a real zeal have, have had a similar experience to that you know they've had to make it their own. I would say, especially uh, within an ethnic church right I'm part of the Ukrainian Catholic Church. Um, I suppose every church to a certain extent is an ethnic church but but um We definitely have sort of a a little bit of a narrower uh, group that way within the Ukrainian Catholic Church. My mother went to uh, this church, the Ukrainian Catholic Church, uh, because of my father. She was accepted into the faith at marriage um, when she married my dad. My dad is the Ukrainian Catholic in the family, but my mom became Ukrainian Catholic. And this was at a time where they didn't have English liturgy at all. So it was was Ukrainian the whole way through. Um, And, uh, you know, my... my, um, my mom continued to, you know, take us to liturgy even though she didn't understand the language, um, and so I wound up uh, sort of growing up in that faith. And it was wasn't until I was um, sort of a young adult that, uh, or not even a young adult, maybe just like you know, in high school or whatever, I didn't feel as though the church had programming for me, or you know, I, I just didn't really find my my place, my own place in the church. I guess is the best way to put it, I had. Uh, you know sort of a feeling uh in my heart that I couldn't really explain regarding um priesthood, mean, you know, I couldn't call it that at the time. I didn't quite wasn't quite sure. sure exactly what it was. Um and it wasn't until I was serving as an altar boy at a Ukrainian Catholic parish that you know I I could kind of put a a name to that, you know. Maybe maybe this this is what the Lord uh wants from me for me. And so I uh, I was serving uh, but I wasn't really, you know, I just didn't feel like it was my my church yet. I wound up going to a number of Protestant youth groups, uh, fundamentalist Protestant youth groups. In fact, I got to know my Bible really, really well. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I read the New Testament when I was in high school. It was awesome. I had one of those little red Gideon's New Testaments. I don't know no. if you remember that. I had the reading the readings in the back, and I followed that faithfully and uh, read the New Testament, the Psalms, the Proverbs uh and uh, had a really good command of that but i wound up going to um to university like i was all i was all set on um going into the seminary right after high school okay. i thought that this was this is where i'm supposed to be or whatever the case is which is kind of ironic because i i wasn't really being fed uh sort of on a personal level from a from a, a young adults group or something like that but i i was all all gung ho and my dad convinced me you know, Mike, you're, you're good with kids. Become a teacher first, you know, and then if uh, you know if you've got a calling, then you know the Lord's gonna gonna you know he's gonna find another way to get you, whatever the case is. Or that won't go away. And so, yeah. um, so I didn't want to go at all, but it was good. It was good advice, and so I did wind up graduating from the U of A uh, in, in education. But the difficulty was within that time. I recognized that I had a really kind of shallow fundamentalist view of scripture, you know, and it uh it wasn't long before I couldn't get out of that circular reasoning of well, it's the truth because the Bible says it's true and the Bible says it's true therefore it's true. So this is like round and around and around. Uh and so it took me a while to crack out of that. I had to start reading some good books. Uh and I did. I read some Chesterton, I read some uh, C.S. Lewis. I had some really, you know, really good good uh Good literature to kind of follow, and that helped convert my my mind. But what converted my heart was uh, being at Marian Center in Edmonton. I don't know if you've ever been there, Marian Center. It's a I... Madonna House Apostolate soup kitchen. It used to okay. be a soup kitchen, yeah. And so um, run by a lay apostolate, so they're not monastics, but but they're they're close. They they, okay. they they take promises: poverty, chastity, and obedience. And I just remember being there at Marian Center and just Falling in love with, you know, the life that these people had chosen. Right? They made mm-hmm. po- promises of poverty, chastity, obedience. They lived in community. They didn't own any of their own stuff, and they uh, they served out soup to uh, to 200 homeless people uh, most days. Oh wow! And so I had a, I had the opportunity as a, as a new teacher of of going back there and and uh, serving out soup and just coming into my faith in a in a much deeper way. So. So That's eventually what kind of led me back onto that, onto that track. I got married. Uh, I was teaching at, at a Catholic um, elementary and then in a high school. We had uh, three babies, uh, three babies, and then uh, this call kind of you know it started coming back, but we decided we were going to wait, you know, like, let's get all our eggs in a basket, let's do some financial planning, let's have some security, whatever the case is. And so I started chipping away at the academic part. Sorry, I should probably pause here within our tradition we've had a married priesthood from the beginning that's a that's a, yeah. that's just a tradition of the most eastern eastern uh Catholic churches uh it's still maintained um you never get married as a priest you always have to be married you can be a married candidate for the priesthood and you can be ordained as a married man, but
0: then you don't but get but if married you after take that. the vows as a deacon or yeah. a priest then you can
1: that's correct. you okay. remain in the state that you are in yeah and and even you know. Um even after you know if, if um uh, heaven forbid my wife were to were to die then i wouldn't remarry like it's okay that's, that's the way it is there's a permanence there's to it. a permanence to it that's exactly it so um anyway i was we were we were uh, we were i was teaching we were establishing a wonderful little family I was chipping away at the academic work over the summers because I knew that there was a lot of academic work for priesthood. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was when I was away at Shapitzky Institute. That was back when it was in in Ontario. That's where our, our in Ottawa, where our priests were trained. I was uh, I was there for kind of a, you know a conference that lasted a, a couple of weeks, and I got university credit from it. Uh, overall, I was praying in the chapel there at the seminary, and I heard the Lord. You know, not a voice specifically, but speak into my heart. You know. This is the time to go. This is the time to go, and I came back home, and we had a huge fight because we had planned that we weren't going to go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we fought it out, and we did. We did wind up going. So we went to seminary with our, with our three, our three toddlers, three under three. Oh wow! And that was an adventure. we'll put it that way. But but uh, but it was good. It was a good uh, good thing. So I was ordained a deacon in my last year of seminary. And then uh, came back to uh, Edmonton, where I served at the cathedral in my pastoral internship as a deacon, and and then I was ordained a priest, uh,
0: 2016, January 1st. And then you got sent to Calgary, right?
1: I got sent to Lloyd after that. So oh, I was in that... Edmonton for a little bit, uh, and I did my I did my masters at Newman Theological College. Okay. Uh, I studied. Um, I studied St. John Paul II's teachings on uh, contraception and, and compared it with Eastern Orthodox uh, theologians Ooh. on that. And so I did my classwork at Newman while I was pastoring out in Lloyd. Uh, in Vermilion. I would just drive out on the Sundays or whatever. And then we moved to Lloyd while I did my actual uh, writing of my thesis and, and spent a couple of years out there. And then Calgary, so... So what's the what I mean. Cole's
0: note on the, that thesis? That sounds very well, interesting. Well
1: it was really it was really interesting. It um I learned so much. So so basically, um I found that Saint John Paul II uh, holds a privileged place of dialogue between East and West on okay. this matter. You know? You it's easy to take a look at um you know what the Catholic Church teaches on Contraception or, or other moral moral topics, because we have a, a centralized magisterium that, that you yeah. know, promulgates those sorts of things. Uh, we do have traditions within the Eastern Churches that, especially on morality, there's quite a bit of, of commonality and, and uh, convergence that way. But it's difficult to say what does the Orthodox te- Church teach about X, Y, and Z. You have different jurisdictional, um, you know, teachings on that sort of thing. So, so I had to do a bit of a of a survey of you know, what do the different Orthodox churches say about contraception, and then how does that line up with, uh, you know, John Paul II's theology of the body. So I I wound up comparing um, mostly Greek patristic synthesis, you know, of what it means to be an embodied person. What does our body mean theologically? And then how does that line up with what John Paul II says? And then how does that line up with with what he teaches about contraception.
0: There's a lot of, of commonality. So you bring up some interesting points yeah. there because so the you're talking about the the Eastern tradition or the Ukrainian tradition. Right. So you've been in communion since fifteen something ninety six, yeah. Ninety six. Uh, so do you default to the catechism of the Catholic Church or do you have some other Form of of teaching that way, so I would say I would say both and. Okay. So we have uh, <laughs> we do
1: we do share in in the you know the CCC the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Okay. Uh, beautiful document. Um, you know what, what a gift that, that Saint John Paul II gave to the Church just amazing. Uh, so we do we do make recourse to that absolutely. We have a parallel Catechism that tries to articulate the same truths as that. But from, from an Eastern perspective. Okay. So, so it is not as though, you know, yeah, it's okay for, it's not okay for you as a Roman Catholic to, you know, contracept, but it's okay for me because I'm a Ukrainian Catholic. It doesn't work that way. We, we, we share the same uh, moral tradition, but we might articulate that in different categories. Okay. And so we have a, uh, a, um, a catechism that's called Christ our Pascha. That's the, that's the title of it. And it's it's uh, what we would refer to as a parallel catechism. It uses Eastern sources to say to articulate the faith from
0: our own perspective. I guess. So we've been to the family life conference. Yeah. Well, we were, Michelle and I were at the very first one, and we've only missed a few just because of yeah uh, yeah weddings or or right. ordination here for Father Troy and yeah so. Your liturgy is sung for the most part. Correct. That's right. That's right. So it is. It is sung. Um, it's actually
1: that's the that's the normative expression of our liturgy throughout the centuries. There have been uh, there has been some Latinization that has kind of creeped in where there there has sort of developed a spoken liturgy, but that that's not really authentic to our tradition that way. It's supposed to be sung. And the priest faces the east. This is his normative posture for for the prayer. It's not that he's ignoring. I always tell my people, I'm, I, I'm, "We're not ignoring you. I'm leading the charge. I'm leading the charge." Yeah. And so, uh, so the priest faces east, and uh, and the priest sings, and the people sing, and it's a common worship that way.
0: So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that, yeah. yeah, we've we've had the privilege of taking part in. A number of the liturgies over the years yeah. there, and and then you led a liturgy at Saint Mary's University right. here that really brought out the young people, yeah, and they yeah. they they seemed to really enjoy it. And then they ate my chili after. Yeah,
1: and it was yeah, that chili was good. It had a nice <laughs> kick to it. I really liked it. <laughs> so
0: there, so the commonality. So what you talked about your mom basically having to convert. So yes. in this era of evangelization that the church desperately needs to yes, yes. step into how does that work in your tradition
1: yeah well it's a that's a great great question you know it um there is kind of an idea out there and it it's it's been influenced by a, a number of historical factors throughout time whatever the case is that the ukrainian catholic church is a church for ukrainians right Yep. um and that's simply not the case you know the 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 new um you know understanding i'd say and it's not even really that new when you when you look historically speaking but we are what's called a church sui juris in in the canonical term and that means a church by its own right you know a church mm-hmm. by its own uh, existence that way and so um we are uh meant to do exactly what the lord says which is to Make disciples of all nations, you know, <laughs> uh, and so it is not. It is a church which has historically developed from, you know, the Byzantine, you know, part of the empire, you know, from the from the eastern uh, part of the empire that way, uh, and then it came into communion with Rome, and it, its expression is within the particular church of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, but it is not um, sort of limited on on those nationalistic kind of lines that way. Uh, we do have a liturgy in Ukrainian. We we do have a lot of Ukrainian newcomers that have joined us from Ukraine because of the invasion, and they 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 feel at home in, in our in our church, and that's a real gift. I'm happy we can we can provide that. But our expression is not limited to that. So well, we, I think the best way to do it for for the Ukrainian Catholic Church, for the Roman Catholic Church, for for the entire Catholic Church, right? According to the whole, as we we know, Catholic means is to just be who we are, to be authentic. And I think that that is a difficult thing now, you know, uh, to, to sort of remain and to have confidence in the fact uh, that we are standing on solid ground because we are instituted by Christ. Like this, We don't find the origin of the church in human reasoning or reckoning. You know, however great we are, this is instituted by God himself. And, and when we have that confidence, you know, uh, we have something to give to the world that the world cannot find that the world does not have on its own um and so that's a tall order
0: <laughs> yeah but yeah. we're
1: but we're we're given the grace to do it so uh so that's what i'd say
0: that's, that's... yeah that's that's so because we we definitely need that that evangelistic component in all our churches, no matter what they be right and uh uh and You bring up an interesting point there about the, the Ukrainians coming because of the invasion, yep. and that I was at a, a it was a secular conference. I, I worked out of the Center for Newcomers right. for for a bit, and and there was one of the presenters talked about how ninety, I think it was ninety five percent of all the newcomers mm-hmm. coming in have a strong faith. Mm-hmm background component and the, the powers that be make no effort to plug them into to mm-hmm. the exactly. communities where they're at, yeah, because yeah. that's, that's where people, like you say, feel yeah. like they belong Absolutely. and are welcomed. Yeah. And so that's so important that, that we do that for, mm-hmm. especially the, the refugees and the, yeah. the newcomers that, uh, need that. Sense of belonging.
1: Exactly. Oh yeah, and and this is the thing, you know, popular piety in Ukraine is 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 huge. There's there there a very Christian, predominantly Christian nation. You know, the Ukrainian Catholic, Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church is what it's called in Ukraine. Uh, it's only eight percent actually of of the of the uh, population, but Ooh. the majority are Ukrainian Orthodox. Like they are, they're Orthodox. Okay, and so. Um, of 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 differing jurisdictions, there's different jurisdictions there at at, at play, but but they are orthodox. But overall, um, very very pious people. You know, it's uh, it's amazing. And the center of their um, the center of their existence, in many ways, is the church community. So um, it absolutely is essential to have that uh, you know that awareness, that identity. And the recourse, the ability to be able to say, you know, listen, you've got a, a home here. I, I remember a woman came to me after liturgy in tears. Uh, it was a n- number of months back already, but she was shocked. You know, she said, you know, I left Ukraine uh, just after Sunday last week. I'm at a Ukrainian Catholic church in a week. You know, like oh, like the next Sunday I could be at a, at a Ukrainian church. And it was just such a, an incredible thing for her. So So it's a real joy.
0: Yeah, no, we might have to do some knocking on the neighbor's door because they've got uh, a yeah. couple from okay. from the Ukraine oh, that have beautiful. newly arrived. So, beautiful. Uh, yeah, and that's where there there are our Muslim neighbors, but they're yeah. very much yeah. the the boy thought he was part of our family. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and has gone to so the and so there's that ability through loving our neighbor. Yes, to to be able. Like I worked with youth at risk and they'd say after a while, kind of what makes you tick? Yeah. You know, so you're not, as a police officer, you're not going to go out and say, are you saved brother? (laughs) uh, Because that, A, that's not the Catholic approach, but it's, it's them seeing through your actions what, what we're hoping to convey that love.
1: Yeah. Amen.
0: And and where the the source of that love is, mm-hmm. so so what what do you do for fun?
1: Yeah, right? yeah. You know what we've we've been doing? Uh, we've been climbing. This is one of these things in Calgary that we have taken up. So, so in Lloyd, um, I joined a strongman gym.
0: Okay. And that was a lot of
1: fun. You know, like the uh, atlas stones and hmm. the log presses and stuff like that. And so I would I'd start my day there with a good workout with some friends, and then and then I'd write my master's thesis. But um, I really needed something here in Calgary, and I was praying like, what sort of sport could I, you know, take up, and and the kids could enjoy it with me. Like I was thinking yeah. it'd be nice. And uh, and you know everything was closed when we came because of COVID or whatever. But when things opened up, we went rock climbing. I actually helped a friend move in, yeah. And one of the other guys who was there helping with the move in uh said you uh there's a little gym at my rock or like a little weight gym at my rock climbing gym you should you know you should try it you might even like climbing is what he said or whatever and i said oh I, maybe i will i'll try it out and you know what that's what that's what did it for us we, oh really and so we have a yeah we've got a family pass and we all we've all got harnesses we've all got shoes and we uh we go climbing and bouldering, and it's Ooh. it's a riot, you know this morning I went bouldering before uh before liturgy here with uh with Father Roman, the other Ukrainian <laughs> Catholic priest in town, and uh, at Chinook center there and it's it's just a riot, so that's something we've been doing and it's it's
0: wonderful well, yeah. and it's a good workout I'm oh, sure. it is
1: yeah, yeah it is
0: it's yeah um, I think my climbing days are gone, hopefully <laughs> but I used to work on the drilling right, rigs right. and the derricks. I'm oh sure I, yeah! So I used to, I used to be able to run up that ladder. And, yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, yeah. not going to try that anymore. Try that anymore. <laughs> I can still climb the ladder, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, so one of the segments we do is uh, a dad dish. Yeah. So, you're, 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 so what is the one that I can make? That that you make that keeps the family coming back to yeah, the table. yeah.
1: You know what I am I am terrible at
0: at uh, at making anything.
1: Uh my wife you know after she sees this is going to laugh at me. But the one thing that I really like is nachos. I can at least make nachos and it's and it's easy, right? It's easy. And uh and the kids love love nachos. There's all the melted cheese and and it's great if it's a fasting day, then, uh, you know, we just don't have the, the ground beef on it. But we just have just the cheese and, and some veggies, and it and it works really well. So
0: There you go. Yeah, it's a good Friday dish, too,
1: you know, when yeah, you're tired no, and exhausted or whatever.
0: It's... No, maybe I'll I'll have to come over and give you some lessons. There we so that go. We
1: can my, pick up your repertoire. My wife would appreciate that greatly. <laughs> the kids yeah. would, too, actually. <laughs> well, it, it, but
0: by creating a dish like that, yeah. the kids we'll have memories yes. of dad dad's nachos right exactly and and that's that's what hopefully we we promote is like i remember my older kids it was pancakes for me like right. saturday morning c- cartoons yes. with pancakes and the kids just like just those fond memories uh. right so,
1: yeah it gives that
0: identity yeah. yeah yeah so um what advice like, I'm sure in your churches, yeah. a, a lot of young men are struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're, they're struggling to find their, their way in life. Mm-hmm. What advice do you give your 18-year-old self?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, I would say uh, you need to surround yourself with holy men. You know, you got to surround yourself with holy men. It is something where um, I kind of liken it to to, um, playing in a band. You know, I used to play in in blues bands when I was younger. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I played played the bass. (laughs) (laughs) A bass player, Uh, and at least I used to be (laughs) many years ago. And I would always get better at, at playing my instrument when I surrounded myself by musicians. Who were significantly better than me. Like if they were, if they were better than me, I needed to really, you know, practice my chops. You know, really, really have a, a good attitude about it, and I'd fail, and and that's just the way it goes. They would be patient with me, and I would, I'd get better. And that same principle applies with with pretty much everything in life, but especially with uh, being a man. You know, being a man, you need to surround yourself uh, with men who uh, are better than you <laughs> when it's simple like men yep. that are men that are uh that you look up to you know men that you you want to emulate and be like and you you don't have to you don't even have to be able to articulate about it that will come in time like you you might be like there's something about you know something good about this man that i can't really put my finger on i can't really explain it but i just want to you just want what he's got, you know, and uh, that I think is is probably the number one thing, you know, uh, the number one thing in that. And then also, um, you know, I found my calling, you know, um, I could articulate my calling from serving at, at the altar, you know, from serving as a, as an altar boy. Um, serving at the altar is um, important men's work, you know, and that. Uh, that type of service is going to form you whether you have a calling to the priesthood or the or the diaconate or whatever the case is or you're called to be a father of a, of a natural family or whatever the case is that type of service you know is gonna is gonna help you make those connections so uh, if you got that tug in your heart don't be afraid to you know approach your pastor and to you say you know like could is it possible that I could help serve? You know, I think that that's, that's awesome. a good, yeah, good, good opportunity.
0: Well, uh, Jeff Kevins and I, we, we'd ride motorcycles and go evangelize (laughs) yes he talked about riding with his posse in his in his book activated disciples so who are your go-to saints who are your yeah your posse
1: okay that's that's an awesome well i love i love john paul ii
0: oh yeah Yeah, that's
1: right (laughs) uh so he's he's amazing um you know, he's not he's not Catholic, but he's he really had a big influence in my life. It, C.S. Lewis, you know. Okay. I really, really uh, found that man to just be clear. You know, a really kind of um, authentic. Um, you know, he, he uh, It's really interesting. You know, he his friends had to set up for him a benevolent society because he was so bad at math and he didn't understand how taxes. You know, were were, were doing their thing. In order for him to give away most of the proceeds of his books, he didn't actually make money on his on his literature. He no, made money no. from his teaching because he wound up giving all that to the poor, and he did it in such a way that like people didn't even understand. But, but just a really a really amazing guy. C. S. Lewis is up there. Peter Kreeft is up there for me. I really like Peter Kreeft. Okay, well, yeah. I think. Well, and he yeah. points to C.S. Lewis. He does. All the, that's, all the right. Time. that's right. Yeah, a that's right. Yeah, that's right. The whole
0: shelf of Kreeft up there. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. He's really
1: good. And then we've got, you know, we've got some Ukrainian Catholic priests that, uh, uh, or, or bishops, like Blessed Vasyl Velichkovsky. He's uh, uh, one of the first. Uh, he's actually during the, the communist oppression of Ukraine. He was. Secretly consecrated a bishop in a hotel lobby. Oh, yeah, wow. in order to maintain the faith, because the Ukrainian Catholic Church was um, was liquidated. It was it was the largest illegal you know religious organization for years and years and years. And Bishop uh, Vasil Velichkovsky was this man who carried the torch throughout these uh, these very difficult years. Oh, um, wow. Andriy Sheptitsky was before him, the Metropolitan. He's he's a great shining light. So we're surrounded by. By these incredible, incredible saints, Catherine Doherty, uh, Servant of God. She's her cause has been opened. She's the uh, founder of the Madonna House Apostolate, yeah. and uh, she's just a, a real guiding light that way too for for our for our whole family. So
0: yeah, it was interesting. I was listening to an audiobook the before you came, and yeah, and the the author was talking about the the. Uh, the amount of holy people that we've been yeah. blessed to to have around us. Like and just and even kids, right? Yes. Like these holy kids who are suffering but praying yes. and and even though their families aren't near the faith, they That's they right. seem like the Holy Spirit is obviously hard oh, at work yeah. here. Oh, uh, yeah. and there's so so many opportunities for us to be saints. Yeah. And, and there are saints among us. And, mm-hmm. and that's actually one of the things that, uh, I'm hoping to start in my drams is, is, is finding those people mm-hmm. that are the, yeah. that are recently passed or whatever that yeah, yeah. live those quiet, they'll never be
1: yeah. recognized, recognized
0: completely. or yeah. lifted to the altar. Yeah. But, uh, they were these holy men and women yeah, that beautiful. have walked among us, right? Beautiful. And we need
1: that. We need that now more than ever,
0: yeah. you know, I'd say.
1: It's, we desperately need that. And, and it is good news, you know. I think I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, it, we, we read that where difficulties and sin abound, that grace abounds all the more. And sometimes we don't recognize it or see it, yeah. you know. But um, if, we, if we have eyes to see and we can, you know, see these quiet lives around us, you know, it's very easy to get distracted or discouraged or not look, but to have those examples
0: in front of us. well it, that's really needed my my nephew, just after he turned one was diagnosed with a a brain tumor twenty five percent and oh, wow. he was should have died yeah right and and here we are praying and pr- praying for miracles and then we're surprised when they yeah they when happen, they happen. <laughs> like that's we we right. failed to see them right. Right. When 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 they're happening right in front, yeah, of, front us, of us, right, That's right? right? So and he's he's gonna be celebrating his eighteenth birthday next month. Yeah, so it's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. so there's Glory gonna be to a God. big beautiful. big party for that one. So beautiful. So I wanna thank you for for coming over and and joining thank me you. for and I don't know if you know the term whiskey in Gaelic is Ishkabaha, which Ishka means Baha means water of life
1: i did know that part yeah okay. that's cool so I love. i pray
0: that. that you continue to lead many souls to the true water of life and thank you and my pub's always open
1: thank you this is a joy cheers
0: cheers and i hope you have enjoyed this episode of a dram with friends like and subscribe Go to all podcast platforms to look for it on podcast, or go to GodSquad.ca to support our mission.